we're going to come to God's word now. And uh, we're looking at the story of David and Goliath and uh, how God prepares us as Christians to step onto the battlefield to make changes in society. And uh, a big thank you to the Skopek family, the wonderful Skopek family, Dave, Charlie and the children there uh, for the reading earlier. So let's just pray as we begin, shall we? Father, we bless you for your word. And I just pray now as we unpack this great story that you would speak to us. Lord, Holy Spirit, come and take a hold of your word. Apply it to our lives, we pray, that we would live lives that glorify Jesus. In his name we ask. So uh, I want to talk today about working out. Uh, This doesn't necessarily come from personal experience, although many of you, I'm sure, will have been working out during this time. Uh, You might be familiar with the term HIT workouts, high-intensity training. Some of you may have been doing the Joe Wicks workouts. And basically what we have there are an opportunity in the hidden place behind closed doors to be working out. Some of you will remember the Rocky movies and uh, Rocky IV in particular just has this great narrative. Uh, Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone is there and he's gone to Russia. Remember, this was made back in the 80s. It was the Cold War era. And Rocky is fighting the Russian fighter Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren. And uh, whilst Drago is there training high tech computers and all the rest of it, Rocky is off in a barn in the freezing cold, chopping up logs and wading through rivers and through the snow, getting fit. And well, the outcome, I'm sure you can work out for yourself. But Joe Frazier said this, the boxer, the heavyweight boxer, champions are made in the gym, in the secret place. They are only recognised in the ring. It's about what goes on behind the scenes that makes the difference. I think this is what Paul had in mind in Colossians 3.3 when he said, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So much of our Christian life is lived unseen. It's the choices we make in the background that prepare us. And so last week we saw Israel there at the battlefield ready to face the Philistines in 1 Samuel 17. Israel was terrified and dismayed. They were effective. But this week, we're in the gym. And as we said earlier, we're here at the Bakehouse Boxing Gym in Rugby. It's been great to have been welcomed by the guys here. And we're learning a few lessons from them. You see, God has his champions training in secret, ready to be unleashed. And maybe, just maybe, that's you and I. So it's great to be here with uh, Lee Evans, who is the head coach of the uh, Bakehouse Boxing Club. Uh, thanks for joining us, Lee. Really good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Yes, good. Where does a, a boxer's mindset have to be to make the most of their talent? I think they have to be, you know, there has to be something inside them that... Um, Maybe a sort of a slight obsession to, to hit the real heights, you know. It's something that you've got to um, 
you've got to live and breathe boxing. Uh, I think it's a sport where what you do in the gym and what you do sort of in your home and social life, it, it, all, it shows in the ring. It's a, it's a sport where you can't, you can't take shortcuts. It doesn't, you know, it will show up in the ring. If you're eating badly and drinking alcohol, um, all these things will, um, will catch up with you eventually. Wow. Presumably then, the, the day-by-day choices mm-hmm. that your young men and women make yeah. are key. Yeah. Choices are key in this, are they? For sure. Um, this probably comes back to discipline. You know, being disciplined to, um, to make the right choices, eat the right foods, think the right thoughts, yeah. um, be around the right people, and um, to live a, a, a clean and healthy life. Brilliant. I love in this story that with Israel on the battlefield, ineffective, nullified, verse 12 says this. In the message version, enter David. God had prepared David in the background. And a change was coming for David. In verse 15, it says, he had been going backwards and forwards, tending the sheep. You know, a lot of the time as churches, we spend our time, I think, caring about ourselves. If we're honest, we can be a bit inward looking, can't we? And in one sense, that's okay to be inward looking and to make sure that we, if you like, as the sheep of the flock, are being looked after. It's why we call pastors, pastors. It's a word that has connotations of shepherding. But like David, there are seasons when the focus needs to change. We can't be inward looking all of the time. There are times when we need to step out to see changes brought about to the environment around us. When it's right to have an outward looking focus, to focus not on the church, but on the needs of society, to focus on lost men and women, young people, families and communities who need Christ. How will they hear unless Someone goes, says Paul. What we're talking about here really is a missional focus, an outward looking focus. The word missional, it just means to be sent. Someone has said it's like this. We need to move from a pastoral model of the church where it's primarily about us as a church community to an apostolic model. What does that mean? Well, the apostles were about breakthrough. They were about pioneering. They were about going to those who have never heard. And we need churches led by folks who carry an apostolic anointing. Ephesians 4 talks about this. And certainly many of our main denominations have come to realise this as we see that they've put resources into mission. And so David was sent to the front line. He'd been going backwards and forwards, tending sheep, and now he's sent to the front line. Everything was about to change for David. And as he gets to the front line, and as he starts to move amongst the troops there on the battlefield, something stirred in David's spirit. 
He was involved with conversations with the men. And he saw for himself Goliath come forward and defy God's people and mock God in doing so. And he realized something is wrong here. There's something wrong with the world around me. And David was stirred to do something about it. In verse 26, he says, who is this Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And in verse 32, he goes on to say, let no one lose heart. I will go and fight him. In an environment when no one else was stepping onto the field, David says he will. You see, David had a hunger in him. And as we've heard with many boxers, that fight in us makes all the difference. You see, I think there is perhaps a new generation of Christian needed. Christians who are discontent with the state of things around us and who are willing to do something about it and not just talk about it. And let me just say this, though. This new generation is not to be defined by age. It's not an age thing we're talking about. It's, a, it's an outlook thing. It's our perspective. It was said of David when King Saul was rejected that God had prepared a man after his own heart. This generation of Christians will have a heart the same as God's. They will carry the things that God has on his heart. And it may not be obvious who they are. In 2 Samuel, sorry, 1 Samuel 16, when David was anointed as king by Samuel, Samuel's presented with a whole line of Jesse's sons and he goes through these and he's looking for the one that God is going to anoint as king. And the, the most impressive ones come first, the oldest ones, the biggest ones. But God doesn't highlight any of them. And eventually David comes before him, probably just a young guy, nothing spectacular to look at. And Samuel is told, man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Is that you or I? I'm encouraged by this because it means this. Actually, I don't have to be that impressive to be right in the centre of God's purposes. I just need a heart after him, a heart that will pursue him, where I pursue his purposes for me in my life. As we've heard with regards to the, the, train, the guys that train here at the gym, where I'm making choices in the background to pursue him 24-7. So what's God calling us to? What are we stirred about? Let me just say, there is a rider to this. You see, such a generation will have trouble from those of a different mindset. It might be outright opposition. David faced opposition from his family. In verse 28, as he's there chatting with all the troops at the front line, his brother Eliab comes up to him and says, why have you come here? What are you doing here? Who do you think you are? You're just conceited. You're just a big head. Get back to tending sheep, will you? 
Maybe you've stepped out. Maybe you've tried to be courageous. And maybe it's been your own family that have challenged that. Keep going. Keep pursuing. But if it's not outright opposition, then there can be those around us when we step out like this who are just stuck in their ways, who can't imagine anything else, who find it very difficult to think outside the box. And so it can be hard work to win them over. David faced this. In verse 33, Saul says to him, you're too young to go and fight. Young people, if you consider yourself young watching this and there's something God's put on your heart, then don't be talked down. Don't be dissuaded from that. Keep pursuing. Verses 38 and 39, um, Saul dresses David in Saul's armour. As he's putting on this huge helmet and the shoulder pads and all the rest of it, he realises, I can't fight in this. I can't do it your way. I need to do something new. So David had to think outside the box and step out in a different way. Eventually Saul gets it. You see, those of us who are gatekeepers, those of us who have influence, those of us who can release others, be it in the church, actually, be it in the world, be it in our jobs, Those of us who have that influence, we need to release folks who want to try something new, who have fresh ideas to bless the church, to bless society. It does involve taking a risk, taking a punt on them, but we're there to cover them and back them and release them into all God's got for them. And in verse 37, Saul eventually gets it and he says, go, the Lord be with you. You see, there are times, even for those of us who struggle to think outside the box and to imagine things differently, when things are so desperate that we have to do things differently, we have to be willing to try and change. And so in verse 40, David is there and he gathers up his sling and he he goes down to the riverbed and he picks up five stones It does make me smile. There are some people who've tried to work out theologically, why five stones? I just think it could be that David realised, if I haven't killed Goliath after the fifth stone, I'm dead anyway. You remember last week, we looked at the new model army, this new way of fighting these guys that have been prepared in the background, have been trained for this. Folks, we need new ways of doing church. We need new models. Maybe you need a new model for your life. Maybe you need to step out. Maybe what you've been doing hasn't been effective. Now, that does involve change. How many church leaders does it take to change a light bulb? Change? Actually, we can be a bit like that. How many church goers does it take to change? We can be reluctant to change. It means going outside of our comfort zone. But there are some seasons when we just have to try it. You see, if we always do what we've always done, then we will always get what we've always got. And I have to say, in terms of the church, I think in our nation, that may not be good enough to just keep doing 
what we've always done? Are we seeing the numbers of people becoming Christians that we want to? Why is it we're seeing churches closing, now carpet stores or or nightclubs, declining numbers? Why is God's name not honoured like we want it to be? And why is it that too many of us as Christians, are, our lifestyles might be a bit apathetic or, or worse even, just not biblical and displeasing to God? Something has to change. So let me ask you, friend, what's your crazy idea? What have you been sat on for months and maybe years? This may be your time. Like David, why don't you sling that idea out there and see what happens? Be bold. Be brave. Perhaps make yourself vulnerable. I've come to realise that an idea hasn't, doesn't have to be perfectly formed to put it out there. Sometimes you've just got to roll with it and see whether it grows. If it's of the kingdom, a small idea can grow. It's a picture of how the kingdom works. So in all of this, what made David think he was capable of taking on Goliath? Well, he knew God had been preparing him in the secret place, in the background. In verses 34 to 37, he tells Saul, look, I was a shepherd and bears came at the flock, lions came and and I took the sling and I took the club and I fought them off. I'm going to do the same to Goliath. I'm not afraid. God's been working on me in secret. Has God been preparing you? You know that tough stuff you've been going through, those trials? Well, chances are God's been shaping you and it could be for very soon. It could be you are ready and you need to step onto the battlefield. Don't be afraid. Be courageous. Have you been killing a few bears? Have you been facing opposition? Have you been taking on a few oppressive forces coming at you? And and have you seen them off? No one's seen it happen. But is that what's been happening? Have you learned a few things in the background? God's been preparing you. It's probably involved you making choices to be faithful while no one is watching. We've heard again that in terms of success in most sports, we've been thinking about boxing. That's what happens. The best sportsmen and women make choices when they're not seen. Anyone can get it right when there's applause to come. But what about when no one sees what you're doing? Are we still going to choose to be faithful? Do you know God is invested in taking you and making the most of your potential, of my potential. But it involves me cooperating with him, working with him. And plenty of folks have wasted enormous amounts of talent just because they weren't prepared to see it through and let God work on their ability. It's what in boxing is called discipline. The Bible calls it the same. And at the end of all that, 
God knows how to promote us. Luke 12 verses 42 to 44 tell us about a faithful servant who was prepared to just continue to honour his master while his master was away, such that when his master came back, he said to him, I'm going to put you in charge of all your possessions. It's a picture of how God loves to promote us when we're faithful to him. Friend, if you've been going through trials, I promise you, God has been watching and he cannot wait to promote you to move you into greater influence, to move you into that place where you just have such joy and satisfaction being about his purposes for you. There's an upgrade coming. I think dedication would be the main thing. Um, Putting yourself in the right environment and then just being really, really disciplined and dedicated. And just sort of never give up attitude. Keep going. You know, good, good things will come. You've got to persevere. There's going to be times where you know you want to um, sort of quit or give up, and things are going to be hard, and you've just got to uh, push through, and good things will come in the end. So to finish, are we going to be men and women, young people, who will commit to God's purposes for us? who want to be part of this generation that that has had enough, that is discontent with what we see going on in society around us, whatever it is that God's laid on our heart and are willing to step onto the battlefield to see change coming. It will involve faith. And as we all know, faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Is that us? Well, can I pray for us now? that we would be men and women like that. Actually, just before we pray, uh, preparing this message, I did sense that there was a word for some folks who will be watching this. And the word is this, you need to beat the drum. You need to get, if you like, the troops marching and you're the one that's going to do that. You need to call others to arms, to the purpose that God has laid on your heart. You need to get going. You need to make a noise. The idea won't be perfect. You can't wait till everything's sorted, every I dotted, every T crossed. Just get going now. Beat a drum. And then I also sense that some of us, we've been trying hard, actually diligently, to make the most of our God-given talent. But perhaps we've been doing it in our own strength, trying to work it all out ourselves. I believe there's a word for us to just lay everything before the Lord. If it's, if it's felt hard, if it's, if it's just taking so long, lay it all before the Lord because there is, I had this sense, there is rapid promotion coming for you. Lord, as we watch now, we want to say to you, we want to commit to your purposes for us. Lord, we're not interested in our plans and purposes. And I pray that there would be many watching who are willing to be part of a new generation, trained, prepared, equipped in the background, not afraid of what voices around us would say. Folks who who just don't get it, just can't see it. 
I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us? Would you put courage in us? Would we step out, be strong and courageous and step into all you have for us? And I particularly pray for anyone who has never committed their life to Christ. If that's you, why don't you do that now? Just say yes to God. Say, God, I want you to take my life. Would you use me? I've done it in my own strength and I'm not fussed on that. I want to be about your purposes for my life. I give you my life now. In Jesus' name. And so, may God bless you. May you know him in your life, working his purposes out as you cooperate with the leading of the Holy Spirit. And may we yet see a society transformed and kingdom ways coming to earth. His will be done, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven through men, women and young people like you and I. In Jesus' name, God bless you.